Hello, is me you're looking for? I can see it in your eyes. I can see it in your smile. Hello and welcome to jasonnewland.com. <sighs> My name's Jason Newland and this is Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your highs. Thank you very much. Oh, I feel I might lean on the table. Oh, that's better. Oh, that's lovely. So, hey, how you doing? What's going on? What's happening? You alright? You well? You know what I thought I'd do today? I've got... I've actually got story to tell you, but I'm not going to tell you it today. It's too fresh. <laughs> yes. Uh, last I'm actually, I'm presenting something fresh that, uh, isn't a fart. So yeah. I, mm, I, can, I could tell you about it, I suppose. I've spent nearly the whole day Oh, I've got itchy eyeball. All of the day, standing outside a court. Not the furniture store, but court, as in magistrate's court, is it? I don't know. One of them. So this is for something that happened... Blimey, I can't remember if it was this year or last year, but happened quite some time ago. And it was an incident outside the petrol station. Already been to court previous to this uh, for the same thing. The hearing, I think it would have been. And then this was the actual court case today. The hearing was in uh, July, I think, something like that. Yeah, I think it was July, maybe June, July. So, my friend was, who I was actually a witness, I was a witness to this, only to the last, very last bit, not to the whole thing. I won't go into details, it's, I probably talked about it in a previous recording, so I won't bother going through it again. But how are we supposed to understand the context? You don't have to understand the context. It's just, it's not that interesting. It's just, um, it's what I've done today, basically. Actually, I'm going to turn the, turn the camera around a bit. Look at that. 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 Are you ready? Are you ready? Look. Look, look. My speed, my punch ball. See it in there? My new punch ball. It wasn't very professional, was it? <laughs> I got a new punch ball. And I got a punch bag as well. But it's, uh, I already had a punch bag for those that have watched some of the older videos because I used to have it on the wall. And I used to make quite a few videos with a punch bag behind me. Not for any specific reason it just happened to be where my desk was wasn't relevant to the videos or the topic 
of conversation. And it was it was hanging off the wall. It was literally by a thread. In fact, it wasn't by a thread because when we tried to, me and my friend got it off the wall, it was proper solid. It's just half of it was off. Well, no, probably a third of it was off. But the other two bits were very, very solid. So probably didn't need to take it off, but it looked messy and I was a little bit concerned that the wall was going to come off. And because I don't own this property, I don't really want to be causing, you know, damage to the structure of it because I'm not sure how I'd explain that to the council. You know, count, phone them up and say, oh, yeah, half the wall's gone. How? How did that happen then? Well, I had a punch bag on the wall. Did you get permission to do that? I gave myself permission. Oh, um, not sure what to say to that. That's a bit weird. Gave yourself permission. You know what I've got to do? I've got to check that I'm actually recording this on the, on the thing. Am I recording this? 25, 20, yeah, I'm recording it. Good, good. <laughs> so I've got the video and the podcast at the same time, all with the recording studio recording at the same time. Sometimes I forget. And when, with the camera, with the camera, it's, I've got a, a V, a ZV1, is it ZV1? Sony ZV1. It's kind of like a podcasting camera, really. All the rage last year, which is when I got it. Didn't use it last year, but it took me, <laughs> it, like some things do, it takes me a while. I, I remember the first time I bought a proper computer, like my first computer that I ever bought, and it was in 19, me, 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 1998. So I was a little bit slow on the gravy train of computers. I used to own a word processor before that, and I used to use that. It was like a portable, basically a typewriter, but electronic. And I used to store jokes and stuff like that on there. And then I bought this computer, 1998, from the catalogue, paid it off weekly or monthly, whatever. And it was this big old thing, you know, the old, computers big old thing big screen chunky big massive thing and i didn't have any internet access at that time now the internet was very very early days in the uk in 1998 we did have like internet cafes and it was businesses were using it but it wasn't it weren't everywhere and I'd say most people were not reliant upon it at all. They weren't reliant on the internet for pretty much anything. Apart from those that were. And I remember I had this computer and I opened it up and I was all excited. It was a big old box and it was like, because Am Amazon, they'll send you something this size in a box the size of a, that fits a sofa. And you're like, well, why did you send me something so tiny in such a big box? 
Well, back in them days, you would get stuff that was in the right size box. And that was just an aside. That was just a, just a little bit added information. So, I got this, uh, computer and I opened it up and set it up and I might have got some help from my landlord because he was my cousin's boyfriend and he was, he had his own computer and so he knew his way around computers. I really didn't. I was a novice, a real novice to computers. So what I did is opened it up and I remember, I remember sitting, looking at it and just playing with it, listening to Celine Dion, her greatest hits. Which, to be fair, probably was a bit a little... This was 1998. I mean, she hadn't been around that long, had she, at that point? But it might have just been a her hits up to that point I feel like I want to check that out but I remember listening to it like and because Titanic was 94 was it was it 92 was it 1990 91 so I suppose she had been around for a while so I remember that it was an evening and I was a youngster, 27 years old still. And I just remember just like playing with it and thinking, oh, this is good. But I've no idea what I'm going to do with it. It's like, now I've got it, what am I going to do? I didn't have any internet. Didn't have nothing. There was internet downstairs. They all had Sky. But in them days, you had to plug the computer in, you know, the, the lead into the computer. Didn't have wireless, so you couldn't kind of have the internet all around the house like you can now. And this is in, well, where I was living. And it was in the UK, but I was living in London, so I'm pretty sure that anything that wasn't available in London probably wasn't available anywhere else in the UK. Just because of it being not the best place in the world. I'm not saying that. It's just, it's almost, uh, it was the center, like um, the biggest city we've got, the capital and all that stuff. So if it's in London, then if it's, but then that's not totally true because I know, I knew someone who was selling broadband, didn't know what broadband was. And I think it had a different name back then. And he was selling internet to companies, to businesses. And he explained it to me. He said, well, you've got a car going down a small road, and that's the internet now. This is like a motorway with hundreds of lanes, and that's what this new thing is. And I remember saying to him, is there any ice cream left in the freezer? And he says, what's that got to do with what we were talking about? I said, no, 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 it's got nothing to do with it. I just 
want to know if there's any ice cream because I'd like to go into the kitchen to get away from you in this and this conversation, but I don't really want to go in there if there's nothing to eat. He laughed, thinking I was joking. I really wanted to get out of that conversation, and I did want some ice cream. Ideally, with some kind of spongy texture to go with it, uh, you know, like a little fruit cake, or I, I like my ice cream with sponge. It's just one of those little things that I like. I like sponge with ice cream. And I just realised, have I got any... <laughs> anything on my top that shouldn't be there? So I just had some ready break. And you might be thinking, oh, so you've just got out of bed, have you? I said, no. Well, yeah, I have, but I haven't. It's, uh, what time is it? It's 22 minutes past nine in the evening. After the day I had, I decided to come home and have my breakfast again and start the day new, like a new day. So I had my breakfast, had a cup of coffee, and then about an hour, ooh, an hour later, I was so tired, I went to bed, because that's what I needed, it, it, it drained me a little bit of the day, but I'll come back to that in a minute. So I just remember this computer, and I'm thinking, what do I do with it now? It's just a computer, because computers are kind of, well, unless you want to play games, they, they had games that you could play on them, and I mean, more obviously sophisticated these days, but... Even back then, there was like solitaire and stuff like that. And I could play video, I could play DVDs. I had a, a disc, so I could play DVDs. And I think it was, I didn't think, I'm not, it might have had a floppy disc, I don't remember. But if it had a floppy disc drive, in my memory, it had a CD disc drive. That's my memory. I'm pretty sure it did at that point. I think the floppy disks were becoming obsolete at that period in history, I think. And then I didn't even look at the computer for about a year genuinely just lost interest there's nothing to do it's just what am I going to do with it what am I going to do with it and uh, so it wasn't really till 1999 that I got some internet of my own so I got it into my bedroom and it was BT and you know as well those pingy kind of sounds and oh man that was lovely I love that sound because it meant that what's going to come next was going to be internet <laughs> and it used to take 
sometimes minutes for just one image to come up. It was all images, no video, no video. You couldn't get, it was just images. But it's hard to even believe that that used to be the viewing experience uh, for whoever wanted to look at images. Was not video. Just, it's like, what? Yeah. And it's hard to even believe that that's how things were back then. And if you wanted moving images, like, i.e. movies or stuff, you had to watch a videotape. I think DVDs had come in. Yeah, DVDs had definitely come in by then. But they weren't, like, super popular, I think, at that time. It was still VHS, video recorders, or videotapes. And blockbusters still had VHS videotapes. I'm not sure. I mean, I remember blockbusters, they introduced DVDs, like, as an extra. And then eventually got rid of the, the videotapes by about 2005, 2004, they still had videotapes. I know because I used to rent them out because I had a video recorder. I didn't get my first DVD player until I think I was, I think it was 2004. I got this, it was a portable television. Again, why I didn't just get a bigger telly, could have got one. But I just chose to get a portable one. So it's a small TV with a DVD player all built in. Why didn't I get a decent sized television? I don't know. I mean, if you can see behind me, I've got a big TV now. But that was more because of my eyes. I can't, I can't see subtitles. With this screen, um, the screen wasn't big enough on my last TV. And even when I went to the channels to see what was on, couldn't see it properly. Definitely couldn't see subtitles. Uh, or... And it's not always subtitles, even, you know, it's like, if you're watching a political program or if you're watching the news, the name of the person will come up that's being interviewed and stuff like that couldn't see any of that it was just a blur so i had to upgrade to get a bigger telly anyway and i found that one that was on special offer so i thought you know what i haven't bought anything for me for apart i mean not really even you could say clothes but i get no pleasure out of clothes i buy them for necessity so is the only thing <clears throat> maybe my cough I got got a throaty thing you could say my books but it's that's a half half situation because they're all pretty much textbooks now I love them I love books but they're not for me they're for this they're for uh, hypnosis 
recordings and videos, whatever that I do, podcasts. And my forehead is sweating. Look at that. That's all these lights. I'm not a sweaty person. I'm fat enough to be a sweaty person, but I'm not a sweaty. It's just the lights. It's weird. Blind, imagine what it's going to be like in the summer. Because winter now, it's November. November. Really, winter, it's not winter, it's, it's autumn. <clears throat> not fall, it's autumn. And it's very windy, but it's supposed to be. This is when all the, the leaves get windied off the trees. It's supposed to be windy in November. And, <clears throat> excuse me, today was the first day really, I think, or maybe yesterday, where it didn't rain like all the time. We've had rain non-stop for about a week. I'm very grateful that it wasn't raining today because it would have been problematic for me because I was standing out for about six hours, just standing outside waiting. So that wasn't so great. So I um I didn't although I did use the internet and I used to like searching for stuff and trying to find but it's just it, it was exciting. I really fell in love with the internet pretty much straight away. Because there was so many things, there was news channels, there was news websites, there was all kinds of things. And it wasn't high, it was high tech for then, but it wasn't high tech, really. It was very much text-based websites. Um, Disney used to have a website which was really high graphic, beautiful pictures, but it just, you know, if you wanted a page to upload, you'd have to wait about a week with the internet we had. It was probably, I think you'd be lucky if you got one megabyte an hour. <laughs> it was very, very slow. Very, very slow. No streaming. I mean, for those that have been born into the internet, being fast right from the off, you know, right from birth. And there are, I mean, it's actually people alive that were born. I'm like, you know, adult, adults of adult age. There's people that were born in 2005 or 2004. So when I talk about 2004, uh, when I got my TV and my DVD player, there's people born in that year that are now 20 years old. No. 18 years old. Which is an adult, isn't it? So it's like, wow. It's just, what? What? And... I'm trying to figure out about internets, because I had the internet. What happened, actually, when I was in London? I went around. I saw, I used to go to the internet and just search for stuff, really. 
search for anything hypnosis related. It was all text. It was all written stuff and I didn't mind that because I knew, I knew no different. There wasn't really much in the way of video and you know, there wasn't, there was a, there was a, a few attempts at it, but a lot of things you'd have to download and then play it, which would take quite some time because even now, even after all these years, uh, video is, it's quite consuming. It's, it's quite large files. I mean, what YouTube does is they convert the files. So if you upload a, a 30 gigabyte video to YouTube, they compress the thing. So, you know, then if you was to download it again, it might be a couple of hundred megabytes. Maybe even less. I made that bit up, but I don't think I'm far off the truth. Is they've, they've got the capability to compress and the technology they've got is phenomenal. I don't understand how it works. Um, but I don't understand how quite, I don't know how I don't know how gingerbread or how ginger biscuits are made. Doesn't stop me enjoying them. That's my philosophy on life. It's all about ginger, ginger nut biscuits, really, for me. To be fair, I just want to talk about ginger nut biscuits. It's not really, <laughs> can I, I really want to talk about them. I love them so much. I love ginger nut biscuits. They're my favorite. I love ginger nut biscuits there's they're probably my favorite i like fig rolls but there was a fig roll that i used to have when i was 17 was i 17 yeah i was 17 i used to work in this little supermarket every day for my no it wasn't my lunch it was my break it was my so i had i think like a 20 minute break or 15 minute break i'd buy a can of coke and a packet of these fig rolls, and I'll just eat the whole lot. <laughs> I would. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. There's probably about eight fig rolls, maybe ten. So I'd have all of the biscuits and a can of Coke. And I'd burp my way through the next part of the shift until lunchtime. And I'd sit in there and in the staff room, and the radio would be playing, and I remember... The two songs I remember from that period was Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. That's the first time I heard that song and it was continuously being played. So I fell in love with that. And um, Fleetwood Mac, Anywhere. Was it Anywhere or Everywhere? Anywhere. Why? Anywhere. That one. To be fair, I didn't even recognise it from that. It was good anyway. I liked the song. 1987. It was a very good song. What other songs were 1987? I don't know, but I remember there was the Free Mandela concert in the summer of 1987. I don't know where it was held. 
I'm guessing it wasn't held in South Africa. I don't know, I don't know where it was held. Was it in America or somewhere anyway? And for me, and that was just a personal, a personal, you know, opinion, but for me, Tracy Chapman was the standout star of that show. And after that, she became a big star. Now, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what came first. The song Fast Car being released, you know, and being on the radio, or her on the Nelson Mandela concert. I'm pretty sure the song was released first. Which is the reason why I watched the Nelson Mandela concert. Because generally it wasn't something that I'd be particularly interested in. Uh, I might, I might. You know, it's, I do watch some concerts, you know, and there's lots of famous acts on like Live Aid. The various Live Aids has been tribute to, uh, Freddie Mercury. Sometimes Glastonbury, my bottom lips got a bit dry today from all that wind that got chapped lips. It's very sexist, isn't it? Chapped lips. What about what's the difference? What's the opposite to chap? Because chap in England is like man, chap, lady lips, I suppose. Chap, lady. Yeah, I guess, lady lips. People don't like being called lady. But men don't mind being called men. Man. Listen, man. Hey, yeah, are you right, man? Yeah, man. Yeah, lady. You right, lady? Don't, I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? Mmm, earwax. So I, I think, I really think I started appreciating the internet back in, like really appreciate it, appreciating it for what it could be or what it became was in 2000. I, Basically, I went round my, oh, that was loud, wasn't it? I went round my cousin's, my cousin's, uh, house. And I think we were making some music together and he had his computer on and he had all his software and he was a genius, musical genius. He's, he grew up in it. So his dad, my uncle, was in a band pretty much his whole life, his whole, since teenage years, and he was probably in his 50s at this point. Brilliant musician, like, he was a guitarist, but he could also play the piano, keyboard, he could do anything really on, you know, but in the band he was a piano, he was a, a guitar player, and it was a country western band, and they were the top country and western band in the country. 
in like the 80s and the 90s. I didn't even know that it was a thing in this country. Obviously, I know in America it's huge, but I didn't know it was here. But it is. It was then. I don't know about now. I went to one of the gigs and they were brilliant. Like really, I know it's like, are you saying that because it's family? Well, yeah, I am, but I mean, I wouldn't have gone to see him if he hadn't been family. I probably wouldn't have gone to the gig. And I'm not sure if I went to a couple. I went to at least one anyway. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. And the audience, brilliant audience, happy, smiling, having the time of their lives. You know, it was, it was a great atmosphere really really lovely atmosphere and you know I've been to a lot of gigs mainly comedy gigs to be fair but I've been to a lot of places and the atmospheres aren't always great uh, comedy clubs are, you know generally fairly good atmosphere they can be rowdy and it depends uh, because you know I think if people go to a comedy gig the majority of people go with an open mind and they just want to laugh. So they're open to it. But then other people get taken along. So uh, um, someone might go along to a gig, but he might drag two of his friends along. And they might not be into it. They might just gone along because... It's their friend's birthday and he, that's what he wanted to do for his birthday or to celebrate his circumcision or whatever. So they might have just gone to the comedy club and he might have like five friends with him and they're all getting drunk because they are bored. They're not interested in comedy. They want to talk about Lego or, you know, whatever they're intru- interested in. So, or foreskins, I don't know. And so then you've got a situation where people might start heckling or just get a little bit um, disruptive or, you know, whatever. Or you, then you get some people that just keep going to the bar or keep going to the toilet. Like, they're just not interested in what's going on. So that, that can put a bit of a dampener on a, on a, a club, a comedy club. But what I saw, but I love comedy clubs. I've, it's, it's one of the loves of my life. I've got a few loves of my life. Oh, I'm banging the table now. I've got a few loves of my life. Some of them I'm not involved in anymore. Some that, I'm a little bit involved in some that I'm very in love, involved with and some that are no longer here. So the loves of my life is, is Andre and Andre's gone. So he was the love of my life, that little boy. But then I've got other loves that like stand up comedy. I loved it. It was difficult. I got, you know, certain, uh, Memories and good memories and not good memories, but it was, it spanned over pretty much like 20 years of my life. 
I wasn't hugely involved the last 10 years, but I was still involved on and off. You know, over, you know, every few years or whatever, I'd go and I'd, I'd help out in the office upstairs or I'd do this or I'd do that. So I'd, I was all, I was kind of around until the club closed in a very much minimized way in a sense. But I used to visit regularly for, you know, for that period as well to this particular comedy club. So even when I left London, I'd visit weekends like once a month I'd go up there and visit and stay over at my friends who owns the club stay at his house or get a hotel um, but yeah it's i got a lot of good memories of that club particularly but loads of comedy clubs I've, I went to pretty much every comedy club at the time in the London area uh, London Hertfordshire Essex Middlesex I think that's all of the places, yeah, that's, it's a big old area. All parts of London. And it was, yeah, it was alright. It was okay. That's what I did for a decade. Well, not a decade, I did, I performed from January 1991. I think it was a, either 2016 or the 23rd of January. 1991, and then my last gig was, I think, January or February 1998. So that was my last gig. And I didn't, it wasn't supposed to be my last gig. I was just, I had, didn't have a particularly good gig, to be honest. It was a bit of a, bit of a bad one. And I'd suddenly become a little bit busier and I was doing other things. I was, interested in other things that's that's the time that i started becoming interested in hypnosis and really you've been interested for that long for that long yeah 24 years 24 years yeah 24 years i've been i've been uh involved in hypnosis is that right 24 years 1998 it's, and I started reading my first books and studying and blah de blah. 24 years. <laughs> and I suppose, technically, I'm still doing it. Like, I make podcasts and videos and hypnosis y stuff, so. Wow. It's the thing that I've stuck to most. I've got itchy balls. It's the thing that I've stuck to the longest, I guess, in my life, apart from picking my nose. It's, it's the kind of it. Do you pick your, people say, do you pick your nose? Said, Obviously not. I wouldn't pick this one, would I? Look, I'd have a nice one, nice little cute one. What if I pick my nose? I'd pick something different. I wouldn't have this, would I? So I 
I think that I need to remember what I was talking about. Oh yeah. Went to my cousin's. And on his computer, normally he had software and I don't know what he was using, but he'd, you know, put together music and record it and he'd put it onto the thing and then layer it and all that stuff. Pretty much exactly how it's done even now. Uh, but the, the, the software is more sophisticated and all that stuff, but you know, it's, it's just a, an updated version of what he was doing then. And he had something different on his screen. I'm like, what's that? It was like code, all this code and stuff. And he said, oh, that's HTML. Actually, it was HTM. It wasn't, wasn't HTML at that point. It was HTM. HTM? What's HTM? What? She said, it's a... Uh, it's how you build websites, pages. That's, that's, that's what web, website pages are made of. I was like, what? Yeah, website pages. What you see on the screen. Yeah. I said, yeah. That's code. I said, no, it's not. It's writing and pictures. I said, no, it's code. Code is what makes that come to life. And it's a language called HTML. Now, as I said, it, it turned into HTML, I think, quite soon after that. Some people will be going up, HTML? How far back are you going in history? And still, you know, and then they're like, HTML, you're making that up. It's always been HTML. No, check it. Far, I'm, I'm going to do it now for you. I'm going to go on, onto my, on, onto my little laptop, phone, and let's have a look. Let's go into this. H-T-M. What does it say? Health Technical Memorandum. Or High Traffic Management Limited. What is HTM standard? Oh, okay. <laughs> um... It's so long since, I think what it is, yeah, is HTML because it hasn't been used for so long. HTM, right? Let's look at Wikipedia. It's coming up. Under computing. Hierarchical temporal memory. No, it's not. It's not what it's, it's hyperlink markup, hyper, hyper, hypertext markup language. I thought it was hyperlink, hypertext markup language. It's a file format used for containing HTML language, but it used to be called HTM. Trust me, it did. HTM. Uh, turned HGM. Okay, let's have a look. 
Hypertext Markup Language or HTML is, a, is the standard markup language for documents designed to be displayed in a web browser. It can be assisted by technologies such as cascading style sheets and scripting languages such as JavaScript. Is HTM and HTML the same? HTM. Both of them are an extension for the HTML file type. The HTML stands for Hypertext Market Markup Language. So it used to be HTM. So it used to do like finish the file, have a file, dot HTM, and then it changed the HTML. I'm sticking to that. I'm pretty sure it's true. It might be a lie, but I'm pretty sure it's true. I don't have a huge amount of emotions connected to being right on that one. I'll be honest. <laughs> no that bothered. No that bothered. No. I don't generally feel the need to be right. All the time. I think 83% of the time is enough for me. I'm going to have a link. I saw so many drunk people today in town. There was this bloke that had a... I was holding a dog. So I was had the dog on the lead outside the court. And a few dogs went past, and I made sure I got the dog away from them, because he, he just doesn't like dogs. And there's this bloke there with his dog off the lead. I said, put your dog on the lead, mate. He was like, completely ignored me. It's a little dog, cute little dog. I ain't got an issue with the dog. I ain't got an issue with the owner either. But just, if you actually... You know, this is a precious little dog. He's precious, you know, he's, he's got to be precious to his owner. Beautiful little thing. But if he decided to run over towards the dog I was holding, the dog I was holding would get scared and attack him because that's what he does. He's, he's had problems in the past. He's a rescue dog. Three times he's been rescued. Um, but we made sure we, we, uh, this time that he no longer goes mountain climbing. The, I think, th the, um, <laughs> it's such a stupid thing to say. Um, yeah, like, put your dog on the lead. Nope. And it's like, just, some people think that because their dog's so well behaved and, you know, just let it wander around. The rules don't apply to them. It's fine. But what about if that dog decides just to, because dogs do their own thing. They're not, you can train dogs to a degree, but no, you know, dogs are very, even the, and it's not a bad thing, it's just a trait in dogs. They are driven by their desire. Just like humans, really. 
but they just have less self-discipline. Not that humans have great self-discipline necessarily, but we can learn it. Dogs can't learn it really. It's almost... If you put a treat on the floor in front of a dog and say, leave it, and you leave the room, and you could put a camera on that dog. How long is that dog going to just sit there and not eat that treat? I may be a Doberman or the kind of dog that can be trained to let an intruder into the house and then not let them out, which I think is just brilliant. You know, let them in, but don't let them out. Like, oh, it's so first friendly dogs. I thought the Dobermans are really scary. Let's break into the house. Let's take some stuff. Dogs are just like, oh, oh, so friendly. And then you go to leave. <laughs> All standing in front of the doorways. It's like, yeah, no, I like that. I like that a lot. We should have them everywhere. So it's, some dogs can be trained. I mean, even sniffer dogs, they're trained by turning it into a game. You know, they're not disciplined. The dogs are not disciplined uh, in a way of like knowing what they're doing. They're trained as in connecting, finding that thing that has that particular smell to receiving a treat because they get treats continuously for doing for finding something so if they find you know sniffer dogs whatever it is they're sniffing for they get a treat that's why they're doing it they're not doing it because they're clever or because they're bright or because they're intelligent or because they want for any reason or because they're disciplined they're doing it because they get a treat that's what or they think they're going to get a treat even if you don't give them a treat, they'll still expect to get a treat. And even if you don't give them a treat three times in a row, they'll still expect to get a treat. <laughs> you know? So as long as you give them a treat, every now and then, ideally every time, because that motivates them, eventually if you stop giving a dog a treat, I don't know if it will just, quit well, I ain't doing nothing now man no man I ain't doing that you ain't give me no treat where do I want to go I don't know what accent that was that was a mixture of so I don't know what my point is here but dogs dogs are lovely But some people think that they've got a brain capacity to actually understand what the human's saying. I know people that argue with dogs. Oh, he's doing that because of that. He's doing that and he's... No. That's like having an argument with a... uh, a one-year-old child. Absolutely pointless trying to have a logical conversation with a one-year-old child. They don't have the brain capacity to do it, unless they're perhaps some kind of genius. 
But people are still like, oh, he's doing that on purpose, a dog. Like, he's devious, he's doing that just to wind me up. No, he's not. He's doing that because he has no self-control. And the reason he ate the food off your, ta- off your plate when you left the plate on the sofa to answer the front door is because that's what dogs do. He's, he was hungry and he ate the food. He knew somewhere that it wasn't the right thing to do because as soon as you come in, he's shaking. But he couldn't control himself. So they have the capacity, I think, to know from learning, like not to do things, but they can't stop themselves. There's humans like that, maybe, oh. It's quite a human trait, isn't it? For certain uh, people. Where even though they know what they're doing is harming them, they harm themselves, they still do it. They have a no control. No self-control. Ah, that's interesting. So anyway, my my cousin... And my uncle were both into this building websites and he showed me like it got the code and it opened it up in, you didn't even need the internet. All you needed was the, <laughs> what was it called? The, the internet browser. And it we just needed an internet browser, which was the E, I forget what it was called now, but you'd see so you do the code in notebook on a computer and then you would open that up so you'd save it so instead of as notebook you'd save it as a file htm or html and then when you opened that up in the internet browser regardless if you had internet connection or not it would open up as it would be shown on the internet. So you could have pictures and you basically, you could design a website offline. Wouldn't need the internet at all, just the internet browser. And it all worked. You could set up hyperlinks, links from different, you know, to go to the, a link. I used to call it hyperlinks, but just a, a link from one thing to another. And I got the bug. I took it to a whole new level. Like they were interested and I think my cousin got bored after a while and I don't know about my uncle. I don't think he, he did it for a little while, but he might, I don't know, he might still be doing it. But I ended up spending all of my time studying this and learning how to do it. And uh, I've got the internet as well so I could actually have it online. I actually dissected page and it took me a few days and my whole aim was to find out how the hyperlink worked how the link you know when you click on a link and it takes you to another page I wanted to figure out how that worked I had books on HTML I and could just show me how to do it there was websites that showed you how to do it I didn't want that what I wanted is to actually learn find out for myself by basically 
looking at the page, going to the code, changing a little bit of the code, deleting part of it, and then going back to see how that affected the page. So I did that with colors. I did that with uh, bold and the kind of text layout, you know, forms, pictures and where the pictures are and titles, you know, just the basic, because very basic stuff how it kind of laid out and where you put it and what things in brackets you had to have and I spent absolutely ages dissecting this page deleting parts of it so all I had left was the link but it wasn't just the link it was everything that went before and afterwards in order for that link to work now it's pretty basic stuff, but back then I didn't know what I was looking at. I could look at an HTML page even now, and I haven't built anything in HTML since 2005. So that's what, 17 years. I can still read the page to a degree. So I can edit a web page to a degree you know so like change the color I can change things around so that's quite handy or change the size of stuff so it's handy because on my website I uh, put in HTML uh, like you know text into the website and I can change bits just just little bits but unless you knew how it worked you wouldn't know to be able to do that now I don't know much about the new technology by new you know the last hundred years but it's really helpful because I can find stuff I can look through the text in a code for HTML for the basic code or just generally like a form so if I embed a YouTube video onto into a website I can look the code and sort of see how it's structured so if I want to increase the size of the form I can do or in, you know the, the size of the video and or if I wanted to change the link to somewhere else I can do that as well so just little things like that it's very handy to know but it took me I spent the whole of 2000 pretty much at home during the week, Monday to Friday, no, Sunday, no, seven days a week really during the day anyway, working on this, working not just on the, that one little bit, but on how to put together websites. And I absolutely loved it. Absolutely, it's one of my happiest times because all I did now I like doing just one thing which is probably sounds a bit sad but sad I like I, I don't know about now but I kind of still do just one thing so studying code just that one code I didn't I mean, I could have, oh man, I think about it. 
I could have got really good, you know, if I'd have uh, kept it going. But then circumstances changed and I didn't continue with it. I, I kind of had to focus on other things. And then I didn't have the internet anymore and like, it's just weird. But what did come out of it was a very strange thing. Again, I've talked about this before. I think it was the, about 2002, I'd been working in his call center, Churchill uh, Insurance. And there was an intranet. We didn't have the internet, but we had intranet, which is basically the internet internal internet so you could all you know contact each other and stuff like that and they'd have um a few little bits of information for people to look at but you'd have to kind of go through it and it was all organized in a very much like a filing cabinet kind of and there was stuff stuff in there that wasn't always necessarily up to date and and there'd be notices and things so what i thought would be good is something that you could have on your desk, have on your computer, that was already written at the bottom, so you click on it, it was already open all the time, and it would be information for the salesperson to be able to say, well, these are the benefits of the product, this particular product, uh, and things like uh, conversions and working out what your conversion is and just you know just a few little bits like that and information about the different companies that we were different insurance companies because although it was Churchill we were working for it was uh, Lloyd's TSB and there's lots of things going on so there were other companies were involved uh, information about the breakdown service information about the windscreen replacement services to be able to, it was okay searching for it, but I thought if this was a website, you could just click on it and it'd be so much easier to just go between the different screens and you'd have it instantly without having to search. So that's what I did. I built a website. And I just did it in my spare time in between calls. I didn't spend much time on it. I just chucked it together, wrote it from code, from memory of like basic how to put it together. I didn't have access to the internet, so I couldn't, you know, so it was weird it still was in my brain. So I, I, it was very, very basic. And then, but I put all, inf- all the information th- that was there, all the information that was, you know, that we needed really on a day-to-day basis. And I started using it. It was for me, really. And then the rest of the team said, what's, what's that? I said, oh, it's just, you know, it's just to help me out. And so, can I, can you send it to me? Can you email it to me? So it'd just be a link. They'd open it up and it'd be, they'd download it onto their computer and then they'd be able to use it. And then other teams got, so it's like people, I'm not saying that everyone on the whole sales floor, 250 people or whatever were using it, but there was quite a few dotted around, quite a few people were using it because it was handy and it was, it was not, it couldn't have been more than like 20, 20 pages on the whole thing. It wasn't big, but it was useful. Well, I didn't think anything of it. And I'm on the computer, I'm, I'm on the cells, you know, doing a, doing a call. And there was 
a bloke standing, I think it was two people standing behind me who I didn't never met before, never seen before. And as soon as the call finished, they pressed the button to disconnect me from the system, the phone system, and said, oh, can you come with us? Like, what? I was like, what's going on? Took me into an office. It seemed a bit heavy-handed, really, but they they were just IT people. One was a manager, and one was an IT person. And they said, "Did you build this?" Because it had come to a, their attention. I guess they must have looked on their computer system and realised that what is this thing that everyone's that loads of people have got on their on their PCs? Thinking maybe it was a bug or uh, something, you know. That could be detrimental, which it wasn't. And plus it had no access to the internet, so it couldn't be problematic. And I said, yeah. They said, well, did you put that? You've been sharing this around with people. I said, yeah. <laughs> Where did you get it from? I said, I built it. It's, it's mine. I, I put it together. You did this yourself. They were really like, yeah, it's very basic. It's like, really, it's not, it wasn't like world-class website. I've never built a web website that was world-class. And now you did that yourself. I said, yeah. How did you do it? I said, what do you mean? Well, did you do, how did you do it? How did you get the information into work? And I said, no, from my brain. I just, just remembered it. I just did the code. Something I used to do a few years back. And they said, oh. And then they proceeded to tell me that they've spent the last two years putting together something. <laughs> or a year and a half putting together something exactly like what I was, I'd already done. But they hadn't completed it yet. And it was going to be an internet thing and everyone could have all that information they needed. And this person had been paid a full-time salary to do this one thing. I think there was two people in the team and they were really, they must have been really milking it to kind of turn it into a big deal when it really wasn't, didn't have to be a big deal at all. And they said, oh, okay. They said, well, we're, we're in the middle of trying to put something together like that ourselves. So we're going to have to take that one off. I said, yeah, okay. I left mine on. Don't, everyone else could take theirs off, but I kept mine. And the weird thing about it is I left in, I think, November 2003. Still hadn't completed it. Still hadn't done it. <laughs> and it's just like well what are you getting paid for if that's this is the reason you're here to build this big juicy sparkling I guess you could call it an app yeah an app and back then people didn't use app in the same way as they do now but it was an application so it would have been uh, really useful and if one, if they did it, it'd probably be a lot better, a hell of a lot better than the one I did. But would it have the useful information, the the real 
like bare bones what you need or would it be just full of crap you know full of stuff that you you don't need you have to sift through it to find the real bits that you need like the bullet points the breakdown service is serving a certain amount of time that's a cost blah blah you know bullet points what it is rather than lots and lots of small print which you wouldn't tell a customer anyway due to the fact that it's too time consuming which is why it's sent out in the post what well, used to be sent out in the post I don't know now do we have post anymore so the post is in the past so yeah that's that's it really um I got no idea what I talked about in this recording. Really, really, really don't know. Really, really don't know. Just talked, just for the sake of it. Which is what I always do. Which is the whole point of what I do. <laughs> yeah, yes. So there's a couple of things that I fell in love with. Hypnosis, stand-up comedy building websites and before that martial arts witch witchcraft when I was a kid I was really into witchcraft for a while and anything occultish I know let's say no more about that but yep I was into that singing singing something that continued for many for quite a few decades of my life Singing and songwriting for uh, at least two decades. More than two decades. So the 80s, 90s and a bit of the 2000s. No. No, 80s and 90s. I didn't write anything after in the... Or did I? I might have done actually. I might have written, done some music in 2000 or 2001 can't quite remember and then pretty much Buddhism is it was a huge thing in my life for quite a while but since 2006 this stuff this this very thing that I'm doing this exact Thing is what I've been doing and even when I was at university when that should have been my real priority my main focus it wasn't this was still my main focus making videos, making podcasts in those years you know 2007 to 2010 this is what I was focusing on um, and it's weird because none of that stuff's really available to watch or listen to anymore They're, most of that stuff's gone all those years and thousands of recordings gone but I focused more on the last I kind of had a reboot really I guess four years ago I had a reboot with the podcasts 
I mean, there are some still some old podcasts that are available on my website or not on, on my podcasts, but generally they're kind of now just retired in storage and, you know. When the time comes that I can convert or restore a, uh, a recording to really good level, then they'll stay in hibernation. So, although it might look like, oh, I've only been doing this for four years on podcasts. So I've been doing this since 2018. Or the videos, I think I've got 32 videos on YouTube. So I'm a beginner. I've only just started doing it. And there is loads and loads of videos. Absolutely huge loads. But they're gone. Gone, did a gone, 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 gone. So it's almost like I'm now rebooting myself. Rebooting on YouTube. It's a new start. It's a new day. And I'm feeling good. So yeah, it's, it's strange, isn't it? Yet, yeah. okay, I've got a, a better setup now than I used to have. But I was really into it. You know, I didn't take it, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't just having a laugh. I was very, very serious about the podcast I made. I was very serious about the videos that I made. They weren't great quality picture or quite good quality sound, but the content was good. Well, fairly, I think, or as good as I could do at the time. It's weird. It's just like, I know I've got uh, well over a thousand recordings. Well, I mean, blimey. There's, there's a huge amount since 2018. There's a lot. I mean, thousands of recordings. So from that, from that perspective, we say, oh, okay, I've been quite prolific. I've been quiet, which, I don't know about prolific, but I've been fairly regular for the last four years. I had a bit of problems with constipation, but... Anyway, thank you for listening. Remember to be kind to yourself. Lots of love. Bye.